as the swim gets fierce and the fierce gets swimming, slicing the chop with front-crawling arms and snarfing air from half-time mouths. They gasp, and the lighthouse light shuts off, shrouding the swimmers and the sinkers in the same circumstance, rolling through the black without a beacon. On the doorstep of the void, lapped at by ocean waves, one creature stumbles off the screen, beckoning the camera down the stone slab staircase by a starlit beach. And the creature almost trips on a trail as tailing his lambas. A trail of audio files. The Cosmos. bunch of people it's like so weird in this meeting everybody like filed out at the end really like funereal just sort of a bit you know depressed i'd never yeah. i'd never been in that kind of meeting before when they're like oh yeah sorry we're gonna have to lay off people you might meet them in the corridor they might be looking a bit sad i, I guess be the, respectful and all that the people who are being laid off that they already knew who they were but like well they i i believe they were told on the same day that the general announcement of layoffs was made so wow. it was actually very late notice yeah but they didn't know who they were at the point that everybody you else was made aware 7115 employees in the company uh no 800 i fucking suck in mass 57 percent. 52 is seven percent wait so Wait, so actually, no, I'm that doesn't even make sense either because that would be like 480 or something, wouldn't it? Anyway, there's about 800 people in the company, but it's on the magazine side of the business where they're being, being laid off. But have you guys ever yeah. read Top of the Pops magazine? No. Well, do you want to know a fun <laughs> fact about Top of the Pops magazine? Okay. They were actually the originators of the nicknames for the Spice Girls. So Baby Spice, Posh Spice... Sporty Spice, Scary Spice, and the other one, they um, actually originally didn't have nicknames. Like, it wasn't decided by the record label or anything. And then a journalist at Top of the Pops magazine couldn't remember their names, so just made up no, interesting names for them. Scary Spice, her nickname wouldn't fly these days. Her nickname what? Scary Spice, because it's specifically referring to how her eyes bulge out like a crazy person. Is it? Is that why? Yeah. yeah. No, could you Shit. talk into the microphone, please? I hate my life. Could you, I mean, one thing you could do is you could put the microphone on the other side no, so you're facing Will. How does that make Will. you feel? It, it makes me feel uh, uh, inadequate and uh, bad at podcasting. Well, I, I feel like I've been saying a lot like about microphones and you guys aren't listening, right? I'm just going <laughs> to reposition both the microphones yeah. now, okay? Look, the, the thing is, like, the, the audio quality is, is good, right? But that's because, like... I actually put so much compression on both your voices because none of your voices are loud enough. To be fair, and that's because that, this is fine, this is fine. Don't speak in okay, the thank so you. Like, yeah, I kind of have to do editing to make up for... How shit we are at yeah, talking into the mics. Into we, we get it. We, we, we suck at talking into the mics. After this, um, I'm going to think about what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, in, in one of the other podcasts, Stephen, you, you, you were eating Werther's original... What? We're going to release it. You don't have to edit it. Well, like, I want it to sound good, right? Whether I release it or not, I'm going to... 
I reckon like the, the last two weeks Born to do it Yeah to be fair That editing was fucking sick it was, man. It was, The sound quality sounds amazing man yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. I'm going to talk into the mic most of the time. If for like at the occasional moment I don't, no, 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 I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's fine, it's but fine. Like, like, we should make a system. Yeah, so no, no, going to be okay. No, so basically, the, the the thing about compressors is like they basically level out volumes. So even if you're quieter in some bits, it boosts your. So that's kind of why in the recording everything sounds everything fine. sounds even. Um, but like it does mean that there's less signal to play with so it kind of essentially when you're you kind of want the best signal you want but it's it's fine anyway i reckon we should have an accountability interesting system. <laughs> like listen like a clockwise accountability so if i see you let's say five centimeters away from your mic then come over and give me a slap i'll get the nearest object and chuck it at your head and you do the same with steven he does the same with me so it's like a okay. I mean, I'm not going to do that because there's lots of expensive equipment in the way. But um, yeah, I'll just shout. In trouble, but yeah. Speak into your fucking mic. Okay. Also, yeah. don't shout at the mic like that because you just clipped right. it. But okay. All right. Not too quiet. Oh, I thought I, I thought it would increase. I thought it would yeah? increase the signal. This is Goldilocks levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, the, there is Goldilocks. Okay. Um. All right. Oh, just I so you know, I I have actually been recording for like a few minutes. Um, hey, everybody! Yeah, welcome to the fucking podcast. All right. So, cause like this time we're gonna try and have like a theme, right? So, what's the theme today, Stephen? Yolo. Y o l o. That's the more n word. Yolo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That. Okay. That's how we're starting. Great. Um. Right. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh. If you have been listening, if you even had the opportunity to listen because we actually released anything before this, uh, you'll know our podcast is usually very uh, disjointed is and sick. it's it's great. It's fucking great. It's great. It's but amazing. like, it, there's usually not a theme, but uh, this episode we're having a theme and the theme is YOLO, right? You YOLO. only live once, right? YOLO. What does YOLO mean? What, what, what were you singing just then? I was singing uh, YOLO. No, but like the tune, I like recognized it. Oh, I can't you, you know what it was? It was like Alicia Keys, the one where she's like, "No one, yes. no yes. one, <laughs> no one." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was it. That was Get it. in the way of how I feel about oh, you. Tunes. Oh man! Remember, had, Welcome had, like, to uh, Coast. What, what's that drum which has uh, the symbols on it? Right symbol, splash symbol, crash symbol. You hold it; it's a drum, and on the sides it's got circular symbols, and you bang it, and it makes a little ching. Oh, like a tambourine. Yeah, exactly like a tambourine. It is a tambourine. That's do you remember that song? That's what they got. If they got a tambourine, that's hard. Instead of a bass, tambourine is such an underrated instrument. Don't you think? Yeah. How many how many songs today can you say they have a tambourine in them? I just remember using a tambourine in like music class because it was like, oh, try all the different instruments. Oh, Wasn't that basically I what music was like? It was so like, oh, much. let's do gamelan. Yeah. Let's use all the fucking weird instruments we'd never yeah, otherwise yeah, use yeah. just for the sake of practicing different they, instruments. But then when you actually look at, you know, the charts, they're either all synthesizers or the Matt, occasional they guitar had, or piano. They, our, our school, for whatever reason, had so many of those, I don't want to say xylophones, because I know there's a different word for that. Like the zingy one. The what they like the tube that you sort of like scrape a lot. Yeah, but like the, the, they like had the the metal or wooden panels strips and you hit them. But there was another word like it it, it wasn't um what do you call it uh, a xylophone strictly at that. But anyway, 
They had so many mm. of those. <laughs> were they, was it was it wood panels for the keys? With the keys, yeah, made out yeah, wood, yeah, 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 it does yeah. Make a sort of ringing sound. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. to do with bells or something. Yeah, is that not a xylophone? I saw maybe there is another name for that. Yeah, I think it might depend on how it's made or or, or something. But um, is a xylophone a digital? Anyway, instrument? guys, we've already gone massively off track. Um, Who cares? So, At least Yolo, we're having fun. I guess, talking. I guess if you want to change the guys, subject, we are subject. exemplifying YOLO, right? So essentially, so this podcast we were we were gonna do. Um, explore a philosophy and we kind of hope to do that uh regularly uh we might talk about other things but the central theme a philosophy and this episode we're exploring yolo a philosophy a- it's the philosophy of not having a philosophy aka a smart not necessarily a smart aka hedonism which is the what? legit term for yolo as i found out doing my research i mean okay Oh, you're, can you, you're, can you expand on that bit? Yeah, so it's like um, I, I think I think it would be a good way to go about things. If I think I think we've all had a little bit of a think about yeah. This. So if we just go around and just say our thoughts, oh yeah, and then yeah, maybe yeah. have open right, up the discussion. Yeah, I, I think it would be cool if, as um, everyone has the introductory remarks, yeah, the other two can think about maybe things they want to explore more within that. Yeah, good show. And I've got then my afterwards, after after we've all sort of given our initial thoughts, we can open it up. And then directly question or further talk about interesting points that were brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, so, Stephen, do you want yeah. to expand on, on hedonism and how it relates to yoga? Yeah. So, so first of all, often when people think hedonism, they mean uh, like, what's what's the name of that? Guns N' Roses leads Axl Rose, like just crazy lifestyle, basically any rock star. But mm-hmm. hedonism has a more kind of nuanced meaning that there's there's different versions of hedonism different greek philosophers came up with like epicurus and uh that's the only name i can really remember but um it's the idea that uh pleasure is the only value in life right life is all about pleasure and pursuing anything else is meaningless now you can get technical with how you define pleasure so some of them defined it in a very materialistic uh instinctive way uh so doing things you like doing things that make you feel good um but other people kind of thought a level deeper about it and said well the opposite of pleasure is pain so as well as max a way of maximizing pleasure is to minimize pain so what one philosopher for example argued that to live a hedonistic lifestyle you actually need to be wise and measured in how you live because if you don't do that mm. as well as maximizing short-term pleasure you maximize long-term pain who, who is, was that sorry uh, I, was I can't it? remember i'll, I'll I look, it up. I'll look it up it doesn't, that's, that's it doesn't matter because yeah. the idea is what's important yeah yeah that's yeah that's okay. yeah, true yeah. but um and then there's mo- modern takes on it like uh there's this um theologian in america called john piper um now he's I'm an sorry, in- um could I quickly just ask what a theologian is? Sorry, uh, basically like a kind of like a philosopher, but more about a religion okay. and about the I scriptures see. of that religion. So it's kind of like a study of that religion. So in this case, a Christian theologian, he's kind of a more of an evangelical kind of fundamentalisty type guy. But um, he he came up with this idea called Christian hedonism in in the eighties. Wow, and which I know what sounds crazy, right? But his his quote. Um, and it's kind of a f- famous quote in some Christian circles is, uh, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with him. 
and the set the suggestion mm. behind that is is that and there's other people who aren't Christians who said that is that one way of you know seeking pleasure is to seek to know God and that's kind of a form of of pleasure um and so if you to live a Christian hedonistic lifestyle you're seeking to maximize your shall we say exposure to God and your relationship with him and by doing that you get pleasure um I'm not explaining this very well but as, as, as effectively his argument was um if you always seek pleasure you're not making an idol out of pleasure you're making an idol out of whatever you're pleasuring about and if you make god the focus of that mm, then that's really interesting yeah. so so that was that was his uh view on things which is which is interesting um i think that's fantastic mate and appreciate you giving introduction linking hedonism with yolo um did you have any other thoughts to share before we move on to the world I think that's it. Um, that's awesome, man. Well, did you have anything to to bring? I got I got some thoughts. Yeah. So I think I'll. How am I gonna structure this? I mean, let me start off actually with just a caveat, okay? Because Stephen, you mentioned or you've you've defined there YOLO as hedonism, basically. Yeah. So I think one of the interesting things about YOLO. Um, a term which, by the way, was around before the famous Drake song of 2011, but did get popularized in that song, The Motto. Oh, yeah. Um, the, one of the interesting things about this phrase is I think it can be uh, interpreted in multiple ways, right? Um, so, you know, you only live once. I think the main gut reaction that all of us have to that is you only live once, panic, panic, panic. You got to maximize enjoyment as much as you can. But already in 2013... The Lonely Island, which is a sort of meme satire band, released uh, a song Andy called Sandberg. Yo- Sorry? And, Andy, Andy Samberg. Sorry, yeah, yes, yeah, Andy Samberg. Yeah, Andy Samberg. Um, famously in certain TV shows that I've forgotten the name of. I wouldn't say Scrubs, but that's something. No, no, Bro- Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, already in 2013, YOLO was as a concept was enough of a enough of something to sort of ridicule that they produced a song in which they demonstrate how YOLO can have a totally opposite meaning to this idea of maximizing pleasure. And the meaning that they give it is very similar to that philosopher you mentioned, Stephen, who said, um, actually, I think it was an ancient Greek philosopher maybe, but they said, if we are going to maximize pleasure, you know, as 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 hedonists, then that, that actually means we need to be careful and in some ways um you know vigilant about how to um do that as opposed to being reckless we need to in some way be you know vigilant and careful in order to make sure that we can have pleasure well this is what the lonely island said they said yolo you only live once the battle cry of a generation this life is a precious gift so don't get too crazy it's not worth the risk you know that we're still young so don't be dumb don't trust anyone because you only live once. And that was just an excerpt, but doesn't that demonstrate that YOLO can be interpreted in the other direction, i.e. you only live once, so all oh, better be careful. So you can even use it to justify helicopter that's, parenting. That's absolutely fascinating, man. Honestly, that, I hadn't thought about that side that, of that, that, that was just That was just my initial caveat, man, because yeah. you know we've always got to be aware of what we're we talking about. YOLO, 
it's like it can be open to interpretation but i think we all agree that the main thing is that it's like oh pleasure seeking pleasure but you know i guess just to come back to john piper you know he says um if you get if you're satisfied with god that's the best way to or that's the best measure of your awareness of god perhaps or anyway if you're going to get pleasure you should be getting pleasure from god well that's quite an interesting um like it just makes i've been thinking when doing the research for this about you know something about basically kierkegaard who is a christian philosopher now he was saying every single day every single moment of your life it's possible to examine your thoughts basically and he was he was more pessimistic and he thought it's always possible to like and he worded it in a really really like beautiful way but he said you know you can always find that dark you know impulse or urge or something in you where you didn't you didn't give that um you know you didn't give that money to that homeless person or you didn't do that good deed or whatever it was because you were doing it out of the goodness of your heart right you were doing it secretly secretly because you're selfish person and there was something in there where you're like actually you know at the end of the day if we let ourselves be ourselves we will basically try to look after our own because we have that sort of imperfection in us right so i thought the way that he was trying to manage that problem was not only through being more vigilant and saying you know you gotta like look at yourself see what you're really thinking whether you can actually do that ultimately is is another question but he was also very philosophical about, you know, looking at your life, you know, 30 years down the line. And I'll wrap this up in a second. We can go into your thoughts, Knife. But basically, he was very philosophical about saying, you know, in 20 or 30 years down the line, you actually want to be future minded and think, you know, don't necessarily step in recklessly to things now because you might regret them later. You know, what if you have like... You know, what if you like go, I don't know, to do some extreme sport and then, you know, you find it in 30 years time, you're living a miserable, crippled life because you got injured doing that activity. Is that really YOLO? Is that really making the best resource out of your life? You've got to be future minded as well. And he was saying one of the greatest pleasures you can have is to look back at your life and think, I remember all the times when I did the right thing. And you can kind of cumber yourself with that instead of sitting you know, in guilt that you did things badly and, and having lots of regrets like that. So I'd say one idea about YOLO that I want to bring to the table is that it's not all about what do we do in the moment now, but maybe because we only live once, we need to make sure that we conduct our life in such a way that we're still going to be satisfied with it many years down the line. So it doesn't necessarily mean let's just go ape right now, but also, you know, let's, uh, you could use it as a tool to basically be even more vigilant about things than you otherwise would like the lonely island sort of but anyway that was just a few of my thoughts on that no uh, what, what have you been thinking about Jason, man you, you completely opened up another door for me so i think i think that was a really good way to go actually with steven introducing it and then laying the groundwork and then you you give an alternative point of view and from from my point of view i'll come at it completely differently and and actually look at the axiom Mm. behind YOLO. So in the sentence itself, well, if you look at it in popular culture, YOLO is what is said before an activity which has risk is done. 
Mm. Yeah. And it's often used as justification. And if you look at the sentence itself, you only live once. I, I sort of see it as two things. Um, so the best possible interpretation, I can use the analogy of a, of a sports match or a martial arts competition. So let's say if you go in and you're losing on points and there's 10 minutes left. And then you can be the type of person who says, listen, I don't want to get embarrassed. I don't want to take a risk and get thrashed or submitted mm. or knocked out. So I'm going to play it safe for the rest of this match and lose. But I'm going to lose with what I perceive as dignity. Another way to look at it and why I say the more you only live once way of looking at it is to say, listen, man, if you go for it, anything could happen. Mm. If you don't go for it, you know you're going to get maybe a not embarrassing loss. If you go for it, the worst that can happen is you can get embarrassed. You can, you can lose heftily. But you'll have to live with the fact that you didn't heftily. try everything. Mm. And that's the way, the best possible interpretation I have of the phrase YOLO is if this is just one life, because no one has lived in history who has remembered a past life. Well, people have claimed to, but there's no way we can have access to that information in other people's heads, right? Mm. So if we take the axiom of there is only one life in what is you, if you will Abbott and you Stephen Ebenezer, as you exist, you have however many years you have, and then that's the end of the round. That's the end of the game. Yeah. So why wouldn't you get in there and give everything? Mm. Why would you play it safe mm. to prove something to who after you're dead? Yeah. So that's the best interpretation I have of it. But even the axiom itself, it, it actually has uh, an interesting way of looking. So it's very much this dualistic way of thinking. Uh, and so that is to say, well, actually, no, it doesn't have to be dualistic. It can be um, nihilistic and dualistic, but both of these things mm. can be true for this phrase. So really it's, it's saying, what is it saying? It's not necessarily saying there isn't an afterlife, but it's almost saying once this game's done, lights out. That's it. You're retired. Mm. There's no more games after that. Mm. You know, um, whereas if, if you look at different schools of thought, they believe in reincarnation, obviously. So yeah. that's not just the Eastern religions, including Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism, Sikhism. That's also ancient Greek philosophers, including Socrates, Pythagoras, Plato. And um, so, so I, I sort of thought, how can that, how can you take the thought of reincarnation and how would that sort of fit with this concept of yeah. mm -hmm. you only live once? So I was trying to think about that. And um, really, I think you can think about it a similar way. So if you're a sports person, there's one season and there's one game, but you still want to give everything in that season, you know, mm -hmm. but, but maybe reincarnation gives you this bit of safety net. It's like, oh, I've got another chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got another chance. Yeah. And I think... Well, you and Stephen, you brought up such great points in it's not just about maximizing pleasure. It's also about minimizing pain. So that requires some sacrifice for the future and mm. some wisdom. And um, I think very similarly, reincarnation can give you a slightly less individualistic point of view in that you can sort of take these things as karma and they almost have the same effect in terms of what they do to your thinking in that. I can't just make every decision about maximum pleasure for myself because things go on after me. So you think yeah. that things is a great to hold. You're almost as if, as in the same way as you carry on to exist as cells in your body die and regenerate. Mm. It is the same way the universe carries on to exist as you die and your, and whatever atoms you consist of go into new life. So can I, can I ask a question? Please. So yeah. would the, 
responsibility to the future that you're mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. there would that be something sort of more mystical like okay you don't want to like taint your atoms so that when they like become part of other things you're like yeah. you know affecting yeah. the energy of the world or would it be something more to do with reincarnation where you say i don't want to mess things up because it might come back to hurt me in my next life that's or is I've, it something that, else? That, I've actually had a thought about thought about that myself um what does reincarnation mean and reincarnation means different things to other people and much like how when people speak of the Abrahamic religions, they say some of these things are almost um, written in terms of thought experiments or metaphors yeah, in order yeah. for you to understand. Mm. In the same way, uh, you can think of reincarnation. So it's often explained as you're an individual soul and your individual soul will go into a new body. Reincarnation is literally from the, the root Latin word of to incarnate into new flesh. Uh, yeah. mm, interesting right so it's to go into new flesh is what it means. but but i i really do think because if you look at the eastern religions and i can't speak i can't say this is also true for the ancient greek philosophers but they are a monistic way of looking at things so that is to say that consciousness is not separate from matter so if you take this point of view then actually it's not saying that you as a soul will leave your body in point death and enter into a new flesh. Mm. It's, it's looking at the whole universe as one being. And as that point I brought up, as, as one cell in your hand will die and a new one will be born, but you will continue to be well Abbott, as we know mm. him. Mm. It's the same way the universe will carry on. So it's yeah, almost it's looking at consciousness as a field of energy. So in the same sense where you have laws of thermodynamics where energy cannot be created or destroyed. Perhaps mm. consciousness is something that cannot be created or destroyed. Once... You, what maybe maybe you're a satchel of consciousness or something mm. that can perceive and transmit it and maybe all that happens that dissipates into yeah. other avenues and maybe not into one other being specifically maybe just into the whole universe as a whole and it manifests in all these different beings and such so would you yeah. say even if you can say you only live once it's more the universe lives once everybody lives with yeah it, sort of thing you could say that absolutely. so so it, it's i was like if, to, to, to your people's interpretation of the phrase you only live once depends on what they think life is exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so like if if your view of life is kind of much broader than the individual and you say the universe itself is living then it's right to say you only live once but that once is like 14.7 billion years, right? <laughs> um, and so you have to think about others and the impact on the future. Uh, yeah, it's a long then, time to be alive. And, and then your your uh, interpretation was really interesting, Wills. Will. Wills. Yeah, Wills. Will, Will so, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I forget, you know, people yeah. can't see us, so I'm pointing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like, if um, you're saying you only live once, so you should take take a retrospection into account there and go mm. like okay how am i going to feel about how i'm living now in the future mm. so so th- that's kind of subtly different from going okay i want to live uh in a wise way and invest for my future like andy sandberg and co were saying but you're saying it's also about how reflection so when you're there in the future, how do you feel about the yeah. past? And how, yeah, yeah, so exactly. like, because your 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 emo- yeah, because your emotional state is not just dependent on what you're doing here and now. It can be impacted by regret and mm. by happiness in the past. And I, yeah, I wanted to carry on directly from that and also just tag on to the end of that question for you, Will, because that was such an interesting point, man. Where basically Kierkegaard was saying, look at your life thirty years from now. Yeah, and then you have to live your life. 
with some some discipline and some wisdom as you also brought up Stephen in order to so what what I took from that is Kierkegaard's basically looking at life as is the probability is you're going to live for 30 more years so even before there's an axiom there where YOLO takes into account that life can end at any day so it's putting maximum mm. it's putting a maximum weighting on the present mm -hmm. and maybe there's a calculation to go on here where likely is you will live to 78 years old so maybe the right way to live is to make sacrifices now in order to have the most the best amount of present moments throughout your life or the most amount of good present moments throughout your life requires planning but then the other way of looking at it is well you don't know what the future holds and there's many things that aren't in your control but the present moment here and now is so is, yeah, there's exactly. almost a trade-off no, exactly. here. Yeah, and no, where's no, exactly. the optimal solution here I, yeah <laughs> yeah and i guess like everyone reaches their own conclusion sorry no, I mean, oh were no, you about no, to please say, continue sorry. i'll i'll yeah. i'll tag on to yeah yeah, yeah. it's like everyone kind of makes their own calculation on where that point is and sometimes people's calculation changes as they get older and as they move through phases of life but uh sorry i go, go ahead will well i mean yeah exactly you know i think even if Kierkegaard was saying you know you need to make sure that you think about you know what, how you're going to feel in 30 years time I, I i think that's more probably because his his idea would be that the the correct conduct at any given time is something that will carry on throughout your life and okay you it might it might change the specifics of it but you can still at least you can you can know at any moment if your intentions or you can try as best as you can for your intentions to be pure and correct right so you know, maybe he's saying not so much limit yourself in the now for the sake of the future, but just be conscious it, al it. almost, yeah. almost like it's not so much the relevant part is like what you're going to think in thirty years, but just live in such a way that you know you will you you can say throughout your life that your conduct was the same. Being um, so, you reach a constant place. So it's almost which as it ties into other aspects of his philosophy. So it's yes. almost it's kind of more complicated. If you can, mix, that, if you but... can separate the percentage of which your decisions affect your future to your present, it's basically everyone has an individual sliding scale of where that is. So yeah. some people are very future oriented, where they think more about the future, and some people are more present, and that really is to the individual. Yeah. Just quickly though, just for the sake of people listening, um, could could you just uh. Tell everyone who Kierkegaard is as well, because I know you've mentioned him to me before, and I yeah, think you sure. may have mentioned him tonight before. But yeah, I... of course. Basically, he was a Danish philosopher who lived from I think eighteen thirteen to eighteen fifty five, and he... wait, that's thirty to fifty five. Eighteen thirteen. Thirteen. So, I was like, wow, that's a short life. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, he's still what you know yeah. didn't live too long, but yeah. which actually is quite interesting, isn't it? Given what we've been discussing about future yeah. orientation, but. Um, he was a, he's considered to be, you know, if you, if you care about, you know, the way that Western philosophy basically is categorized, he's often considered the first existentialist philosopher, even before Nietzsche, but unlike Nietzsche, who is probably, you know, some sort of atheist having said mm. God is dead and all that, um, you know, he, uh, Kierkegaard was a self, you know, he was like a card carrying Christian, right? He was like christian through and through but not in the sense of being part of a church so he was very much a critic of the danish church of his time and 
so even though he was you know talking from a christian point of view he was talking from outside of an institution and i guess a lot of his ideas which mean that he's considered one of the first existentialists a lot of his ideas are about how one should live as a single individual as opposed to say you know like general concepts like what is truth for example like he'd be more concerned with you know how should a person live right. which is what yeah. makes him existentialist right? yeah okay Stephen, i've got a question for you yeah and it relates directly from from your opening thoughts yeah so epicurus says pleasure or, or people of a similar school of thought is pleasure is the only value to be held in high regard yeah so, so something like that so, yeah to what extent do you think that really is true so let's as a thought experiment if if you were connected to the metaverse and it's so yeah. advanced that you can have any thoughts of life you would like inside of it so let's say you could do anything you wanted inside of such a such a setting yeah like you are god in this universe would you really one pleasure the whole time would that get boring very quick well, well I'll, t I'll say two so i'll answer the, the first question about kind of do i do i agree with this idea of pleasure being the only value um i was i was watching a youtube video and this guy was saying that he made a really interesting point that when babies actually embody this perfectly because they have two modes they're happy or they're crying okay so when they're happy, they're in a state of pleasure. When they're crying, they're unhappy about their current state of pain, whether it's literal or emotional, and they want to enter that. So babies live a technically hedonistic lifestyle. And it's a, it's a fascinating idea that humans in their most primal form are automatically mm. live this primal way. Primal and free from past or future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and so I, I guess, I, I think I do agree with Epicurus that pleasure is is the only but but the question is what is no, pleasure because right? here's yeah. the question the yeah. question yeah. is very specific is if you thought about it yeah and you only put yourself in pleasured situ situations which gave you pleasure 100 percent of the time so as if to say you imagined you, you were a, a lawyer making four hundred thousand pounds yeah. a year winning every case so easily you didn't have to put effort in and also <laughs> and also you're really you, you're your body builder and you win every yeah. game and every goal that you want says yes immediately that's not actually the if you really looked at it yeah you don't it, want that no but, no, but what yeah. i what, what i'm saying is is that it depends yeah. on how you define pleasure so if you define pleasure in that kind of immediate way that kind of very uh, materialistic way mm -hmm. then yeah that's not optimal but if you define it in a more abstract way of general satisfaction with your life, with consideration to future uh, satisfaction and the past, then you wouldn't live but what, like so, that okay, way. So when you say satisfaction, is part of that not encountering the opposite of pleasure and overcoming it? So it's actually yeah, having yeah. pain is yeah. part of the pleasure. The yeah. pleasure yes, is nothing so yes, without the pain. Yes, so therefore, yes, only yeah. seeking pleasure is not actually what the human wants. Yeah, yeah. It's to have more amount of pleasure than pain, but we do actually want the pain. You, you, really you need the foil. You you need yeah. you need the opposite to yes. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true. I mean, it's like I think you know when we talk about how to define pleasure, and you know, you, you use the examples of, example of baby Stephen. Yeah. Like you know, at the end of the day, if we're in a state of pleasure, and let's look at this not in terms of the way that pleasure gets defined in our culture which is you know having lots of sex drugs and rock and roll type lifestyle but pleasure just in the most abstracted sense which is 
happiness basically to be alive to be alive i think yes. i think i think it's something to do with you know you feel you feel pleased about being alive pleased that you are yourself pleased that you know you're you're in this life sort of thing i think we can all agree that that is a desirable I, state I, I actually, but then but then it's yeah. like you know like you say the i you you ha- that's sort of positive right okay so maybe you know in some sort of ultimate zen situation you could experience that for your entire life but mm-hmm. wouldn't you then be a baby and therefore your knowledge of the world you know it's kind of like what we have to do as humans is we have to go through the negative cycle the foil mm. cycle in order to you know become more aware of things but then we're still trying to get back to that state of pleasure but maybe we can try to do it in a more conscious way what's fantastic there is you said you'd be a baby if you had that zen and and not maybe having, maybe no we're not having read any um zen text which is so fantastic is that's essentially what all zen texts are trying to say they specifically use the phrase be like the newborn baby which is really? amazing you've come across wow. that thought wow. thinking yourself that's really cool man but i just had that's to say that's interesting that's interesting just to piggyback directly off of what you were saying happy to be alive I think there's a sense in which what we actually desire is the sense of desire. To say we're not happy when we're chasing something specific. When you get something yeah. specific, you're not happy. But having that fire inside, yeah, that's which what is to desire. Yeah, and then I've noticed when I get low in low periods of my life, it's the lack of that. It's the lack of one. It's the mm-hmm. lack of wanting to seek for something. And yeah. then in the better times, I get passionate about something. I get desire about something i want to improve so it's that feeling itself which i'm after Mm. rather than the specifics of what it brings yeah Yeah. but that's something that fascinates me in general is like the level of self-awareness we have Mm. it's kind of almost too much that's the cost do do you know do you know what i mean like sometimes like how are we going this many levels deep how is this even here's the, 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 the reason how is because we've won the battle of survival so now we're in the battle for meaning. Before it was all about survival. Uh, yeah. And as soon as agriculture came in and we have assured our safety, and now now it's not about survival anymore. That's that's the game we were playing for centuries, for most of human yeah. existence. Now the game we're playing is why and yeah. what. And that's a much harder game because we have to dictate the rules of it uh, while we're in the confines of physics. Before yeah. before the, the rules were dictated to us. Mm. You have to get the food. You have to make sure the babies aren't eaten by the wolves yeah etc and it, to go back to yolo right after, yeah. like it's kind of interesting how that motto was put about as like a, a life solution mm. whereas still you know you only live once okay but isn't there the a, the added question so what are you going to do with it you know yeah. and like you say yeah. you know now we've beaten the survival race we're, we're going for meaning yolo as such i mean even if we interpret it as like okay you just go after pleasure I think we've basically come to the conclusion in this episode anyway that that is kind of not necessarily the answer, right? I mean, there's still lots of lots of questions to be had there. I think there could be no better point to end on than that conclusion. Yeah. I really enjoyed the discussion with you guys today. Yeah, this was really interesting. Likewise. Yeah. And, uh, bo- both YOLO. Genuinely gave me things to think about this week on this topic, which I yeah. didn't even think about when the topic was brought up. Same. Yeah, um, same, yeah. So, hope thank, you enjoyed you it out for, there listening, listening in podcast space. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah. This, this has, has been, been The Cosworth Cause. 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 Yes.